Oh Lord, we come on this night. We come in the darkness, Lord, but seeking the light. We come to you, the only one who can truly make us new. We come in all of our brokenness and our shame and our hurt and our pain, our doubt, our anger, our frustration, our greed, our, our injustice. We come knowing that we are ashes to ashes and dust to dust, and we come to you, the one who formed us and makes us, the one who puts life into us. We come to you on this very night seeking your forgiveness. And so, Lord, thank you. You are the one who is full of all the blessings, and you are here with your arms wide open to receive us here tonight. So we pray you, Holy Spirit, come and have your way. Have your way here in this room, in every living room, and in office who's watching this service right now. God, have your way. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. And if you're at home, you're already seated, probably. My name is Brian Wilson. I'm the lead pastor here at Grace, and I want to welcome you again to this service of ashes, a service of confession and a service of forgiveness. And so we're going to enter a portion. Um, we did this last year, and um, it was very powerful. And many of you know that how we are organized as a church is that we have staff and pastors and we have elders. You uh, we'll be electing some new elders next week. And as elders, it's been an interesting year. And you put that responsibility upon us to shepherd and lead, but we also know we, as humans, are also broken and frail and in need of God's mercy. And so we're going to hear from two of our elders, uh, first from Will Johnson, then Megan Brooks, and I'll come up afterwards. We're going to read Scripture and um, and just have a time of confession, um, part of your leadership confessing of how we have and have not and should have and probably did lead this church, and uh, uh, but going before the Lord with that and inviting you to that confession with us. So, uh, Will? Good evening, I'm Will. Uh, as Brian said, I serve as, as one of your elders here at Grace, so I'm going to take us through um, a passage of Scripture, and then I'm going to share um, just kind of some unfiltered thoughts and meditations, really, that I've written down as a prayer. Um, I wrote it last night after putting the kids to bed, so bear with me a little bit. Um, and uh, so... Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them, and in whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away, through my groaning all day long. 
For day and night your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let all the faithful pray to you while, we, while you may be found. Surely the rising of the mighty waters will not reach them. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Do not be like the horse or the mule, which have no understanding, but must be controlled by bit and bridle, or they will not come to you. Many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the one who trusts in him. Rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you righteous. Sing, all you who are upright in heart. That's from Psalm 32, verse 1 through 11. So as I said earlier, um, these are just my, my thoughts and my own thoughts and meditations of confession. Um, it is written as a prayer. It's, it's personal and it's a corporate confession. So it's an I and a we confession. Father, I want to confess as an elder to being too passive at times. There are times when I catch myself going through the motions, whether that's giving in to fatigue or maybe just a desire not to rock the boat. There are times when you think that you know the best decision is not going to be a popular decision. And I think in some cases that's caused us to put off making any decision at all. I think we as elders, we need to remember that Jesus is both the Lamb of God and the Lion of Judah. His leadership was not passive. He did whatever he saw the Father doing. Have mercy on us, Lord. Give us courage and boldness to lead with you and for you. I also confess as an elder to giving into fatigue when a lot is going on in life outside of church. I think there are times this last year, perhaps these last two years, when I've taken myself out of the game a little bit, so to speak, and watched from the sidelines, spiritually, mentally, and emotionally. To use a sports analogy, uh, there were moments when I would have asked my coach, if I had a coach, I need a rest. Can you just put in a sub for a little while? Uh, Jesus said to us, come to me, you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. It's also written in the Psalms, those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. I believe that in my mind, and sometimes I'm not sure if I've really taken hold of that in my heart in an experiential kind of way. And so I wanted to know Jesus more in that way. Teach me, Lord. If we can, I just now want to transition to a prayer of confession. So I invite you just to silently pray along in agreement with me. Merciful God, I confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. 
We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry, and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your name, amen. Hi, I'm Megan Brooks, another one of the elders here at Grace, and um, I am going to read from 1 John chapter 1, verse 5 through chapter 2, verse 2. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his Son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word is not in us. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Um, I think... Like Will, I have written some confessions personally in both um, as an elder and the church, what we may have been feeling through this season. So um, I'll kind of go through my list and then bring us together in a time of prayer. Um, I think as an elder, I can personally confess to sometimes living out these meetings as a business instead of taking matters immediately to prayer. I think sometimes it's hard to turn that off, going from working and doing life, and then we get here together and we're checking those boxes. Um, I confess to giving into distractions and other false gods and priorities and whatever that golden calf of the moment might be. Um, walking in the darkness, especially during COVID season, and pretending to have it all under control and not leaning more on the Lord. Complacency and comfort and pajamas and not coming to church, (laughs) Uh, ignoring the call and finding excuses, not using time as the Lord intended. Um, We are all sinners, Lord, and we release these things and ask for forgiveness. Let us pray. Lord, I speak these words of confession um, for those in this room, for us elders, our church, those at home, and those um, scattered around not with us tonight. We are all sinners. Help us to cling to your forgiveness and the promise of your Son. As we walk through the Lenten season, help us to focus on you, Lord, and truly repent for all the sins against you. Heal us, Lord. We are broken. 
You are perfect and holy and wholesome, and we are unworthy of everything you do for us. Amen. And our third passage for this evening comes from the book of Proverbs, the 28th chapter, verses 13 and 14. And usually when you read the book of Proverbs, which you could take one every day of, of the month, and just it's, it's, it's this book of great wisdom. And in, in, in the middle of this book, toward the end, there are these two verses. I want to read them for us here tonight. Whoever conceals their sin does not prosper. But the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Blessed is the one who always trembles before God. But whoever hardens their heart falls into trouble. I think it's very clear here in this proverb. Whoever conceals their sin does not prosper. But the one who confesses and renounces their sin receives mercy. Mercy is not getting what we deserve. Mercy is not getting what we deserve. The best example of this, or one of the prime examples of this, is in the story Jesus told about a father with two sons. With the younger son, right, went to the father, asked for the great inheritance, got his part of the, of the inheritance, went and wasted it in what we know as, as wild living, right? And there he is, a faithful or a Jew who is working at a swine farm here, feeding pigs. And as he's doing this, his mind begins to wonder, like, wow, my father, my father loved the servants on the farm. And though I'm a son, I know I've lost that. I can no longer be a son, but maybe, that's right, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go back to my father and ask him if he would take me as a servant, because as long as I'm in on the farm, I will still be in the Father's love. So he made this plan, and, and, and so he heads back, and all of us, well, most of us probably know the count, as the son is making his way back, he doesn't even make it back to the farm. His father is there, and his father's looking for him. And his father is, sees him, and all of us, this is the point of the, of the parable, all of us are at this moment, we're saying, give it to him, Dad. Right? This son, all this money that, that you have saved, that, that he's wasted it, just give it to him. Give, give, it what, give him what he deserves. Condemn him. Slap him up a little bit. Work him over a little bit. Show him who's the man. Give him what he deserves. Not to be in your family. He's disgraced your name and your heritage and your legacy.
See, that's what we receive from the world. That's what we receive from the world, right? We receive from the world condemnation. We receive from the world shame. We receive from the world punishment. We receive from the world unforgiveness. Whoever conceals her sin does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. That son received something that he did not deserve. He deserved punishment. Instead, he found the embrace of a father. He found new sandals his father gave him, the, the ring of being a son, not a servant. That, that, and he felt the embrace. And he said, we, we got to celebrate. My son who was lost is, is now found. That's mercy. That's mercy. And all began when the son made his way to the father. Tonight is, is a night that we remember that we're fallible. We remember that we've been hurt and we've hurt. We remember we're broken and we have broken. Tonight is a night to also remember that there's a Father who's willing to embrace us. There's a God who's willing to forgive us. He doesn't treat us like the world treats us. He doesn't treat us like our soul and how we beat ourselves up. He embraces us and gives us mercy. Tonight is not a night to hide. Tonight to walk toward the light. Tonight is a night to let go and to receive what the Father has for all of us. Please join me in prayer. Father, I know that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Father, you did not send your Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Father, to that man whose son had suffered seizures, he said, he said, Lord, have mercy on my son. And you healed him. Father Peter writes, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ in his great mercy. He's given us new birth into a living hope, the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Your mercy is great. 
Your mercy's great. I thank you for your great and rich mercy. You are a God who is full of mercy. Lord, it's been a hard year for all of us and for me. Not knowing where to go or how to go, how the pastor, will we survive? Will we make it? Should we close? Should we merge? Will people ever come back? All these things that occupied my mind. At times I felt I sought the good, not the greatness of you. Times through this year that I've hurt people. People that I love. Thought I was doing good. Lord, I've wrestled through the racial tension and breakdown in our culture. I understand my upbringing and my skin color is different than many, but it also has, has given me certain opportunities that maybe others do not have. As a pastor, Lord, it's difficult. It's difficult and it has been difficult to talk about the racial tensions. Lord, I confess that I don't want that to go on. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom is full of all languages and tongues and nations. Here in this nation of freedom, we have chosen just to take care of our own. This year has been a tough, a tough political year. Been difficult at times. How the pastor. People have seen their political preferences more than what the kingdom of God offers. We've seen ourselves, our identity as red or blue, conservative or liberal. And God, it's been difficult to pastor through that, wondering, will we hold together? How can we, O oh Lord, especially for these younger generations, show them the kingdom of God? That's beautiful. I've been distracted by these, Lord. I've wondered. At times, like Megan, it's easier to numb the pain than to go toward the pain and the hurt. But you've allowed for me and for us to keep moving and moving and moving. You're stripping us away, stripping all those things that we love, that we spend our time. You strip those away. You kept us alive. You are at work. And I praise you for that. I thank you that you haven't given up. And so, Lord, keep us from being stuck in the past, keeping our eyes too far to the future and just 
to be at peace and to live and be present in the present. And so, Lord, as we question, as we doubted, forgive us. Forgive us, Lord, for the many ways that we have made idols out of our work. We've chosen the easy, convenient path versus the narrow, the hard path. God, we love to take care of ourselves, but there is a younger generation here that is aching to know Jesus. And so, God, release us to do that. But help us to care and to love one another. Confess, Lord, there's so many in our city who are hurting, aching, battling mental, mentally and physically. And so, Lord, allow for us as your leaders to be mindful and aware of the movement of your spirit. Help us not to carry grudges, to carry hurts, not be offended too easily, but to live at peace with you, the Prince of Peace. Oh, Father, on behalf of your leaders, myself and us as a congregation, forgive us. Heal us. Make us new. We want to be your church, your people, like Jesus. We ask all this in the name of Jesus who taught us to pray by saying together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. And I is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. On the night our Lord was betrayed, he took bread. After breaking it, he, after giving thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, after supper, our Lord took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant. Sealed by the shedding of my blood. As often as you drink from this, do this in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink from this cup, we proclaim the saving death of our risen Lord until he comes. And he's coming any moment. The rest of the service is, is for you and for us. I have a season of lingering of you having your own time of confession, of you receiving the gift of forgiveness, of you just reading the scriptures, just sitting there in silence. And so we have some worship aids and some worship elements to help you. Uh, to my right and to my left, you'll see some rocks and, and, and in the jar there, there's water. And so um, if, if you want to, if you feel led to, to take one of the rocks, that's one of the big things that, that has been holding you down, something you've been carrying that you want to let it go and just drop it into the jar. Drop it in the water and let, watch that rock just sink to the bottom. 
symbol of you've been cleansed and you're forgiven. And we have two microphones here and you want to publicly confess, oh, Lord, I just, I just confess. Heal me. Forgive me. The next two, next stations are the same. It is the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. The sacrament the Lord has offered us, a sacrament to symbolize His love and His forgiveness, His mercy and His grace. Sandy will be over here and I'll, I'll be over here. We have a gluten-free option as well, but we have bread in a, in a cup and also the juice in a container. I ask you to, to take, take those as well. And in the center, last station, you'll is the imposition of the ashes. Danielle will, will do that in a nice, COVID-friendly way as well. It's a time for us to be the people of God, to receive His great gift of forgiveness. May His Spirit move with us here in person and with all you online.